Front office, please hold. Welcome back to another special guest segment of the Front Office Podcast. We have an extremely special guest joining us tonight. He's the big man from the Dallas Cowboys, the starting defensive tackle, Neville Gallimore. Neville, what's up, big fella? Hey, how's it going? Pleasure to be here. We're doing all right, man. We're doing all right. Much better now that I'm talking to you. Much better now. So again, I know you're in the middle of OTAs right now. So again, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to jump on and chat a little ball with us for a few minutes here. But, uh, you know, as we kind of go in, I mean, and obviously we had a little brief chat off there, but uh, tell us how the OTAs are going so far. How's the team looking? OTA has been uh, really fun so far, you know, just kind of getting the chance to kind of, you know, gel early. Obviously you got the rookies getting them up to speed and, I mean, technically, I'm I'm still a rookie myself, obviously, to the the third game. But uh, it's been really fun so far. It's been competitive. You know, guys have been getting after it, and you know, obviously, looking to to, to build and, and be better from last year. So it's it's been uh, fun so far. Good stuff. Well, once once you dress for that first game, you're not a rookie anymore. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Definitely. that's good, man. Obviously, it's it's been a pretty you know whirlwind couple of years at the NFL with uh, in sports in general with uh, with everything going on so um, so obviously the off seasons have been a little bit altered you guys are reporting for camps at different times than you're usually used to and uh, I know that there's definitely been some uh, some players affected by this more than others but uh, glad to hear that everything's going well um, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll maybe run it back a little bit because obviously you're still fresh you're still a puppy in the NFL so you know, you still got your your college career still fresh in your mind. You remember you you remember it fondly. So I want to bring it back to that because I think the important part for everybody listening to this is understanding the journey of where you got to, you know, where you are. So, um, so you went to a very prestigious program, one of the best colleges in all of the NCAA with Oklahoma. So yes, sir. Obviously, there's a huge history behind Oklahoma football from you know, the, the national championships to the national televised games to the, you know, the atmosphere in the stadium. You can't really compare that to many other schools in the country, which is great. So maybe give us a breakdown of, of what it was like during your career playing at the University of Oklahoma. Best time <laughs> of my life, arguably. Um, again, you know, for those of you who don't know, obviously growing up in Ottawa, Ontario, and I went to I played ball at St. Pat's for a couple of years, and then I went to Canada Prep. So, you know, the unfortunate thing about it, you know, the fans and the stands weren't there. And then you you get to the University of Oklahoma and you're playing in front of 90,000 fans every every Saturday. And literally, I was funny, I was just talking about it the other day. There's nothing like it. And, and I think, you know, some people, they kind of shy away when they get under the under the lights and for me it's just it's just something about playing at home and just having your name called while making a play and you know you just the fans cheering everybody's in crimson cream it's it's that ultimate football atmosphere and I was really so grateful that I got to experience that oh you I'm telling you if you haven't uh you haven't got a chance to see it or experience that man oh you oh you home games are, are are something and it doesn't matter who we're playing that was the thing that was that impressed me the most. Whether we're playing, you know, 
power five team or, you know, whether we're playing a team that, you know, obviously that's in a rebuilding year, whatever the case may be, you can expect OU fans to be there, rain or shine, in attendance, cheering, and you know, giving their all. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, you talk about how electric it is. I mean, I see the smile on your face just, just talking yeah. about, you know, playing in front of those fans. And, you know, that being said, you know, you're saying that the fans are going to be there regardless, rain or shine, regardless of who you're playing. But obviously, things get ramped up a little bit whenever you've got those rivalry games going. So obviously, you've got some pretty big rivals at Oklahoma with, you know, not only State, but you've got Texas and the Red River Shootout. So what was it like, you know, with the atmosphere of those two games in particular compared to every other game? Oh, man, that that uh, that Red River Showdown, man, it, that game was intense every year. And it, it seems like... You know, compared to the first year where I was a red shirt and I didn't even get a chance to play even up to my, my senior year. It's just something about it, man. Again, it's it's like that's one of those games where it doesn't even matter how the record goes. Obviously, you're trying to win every game as possible, but that's a game where if you beat Texas, okay, we can breathe. You can you can be undefeated and literally lose to Texas. Funny, funny story, short story. I remember my junior year. This is the year we actually got a chance to play Texas twice. Yeah. First time we lost them in uh, the regular season. And trust me, I would say Norman, Oklahoma, that's one place you probably don't want to be at during that week. <laughs> you know, because I remember when we when we did lose, it was, it was quiet. I think I actually seen like Tumbleweed just traveling through like <laughs> Norman. And literally, no matter how many, you know, we won our games, you know, far away back to the Big 12 championship race. And literally... Obviously, everything mattered, but it was literally about getting that opportunity to play them again. And when we got a chance to play them and we won, it's like we still, you know, we got a chance to redeem ourselves. But that's all everybody talks about. And even then that year, they still got to keep the golden hat because obviously regular season. We got the Big 12 championship. It was cool, but that game was intense. I'm talking, you go to the combo, it's literally, you know, one side is all OU, Crimson Cream, and <laughs> other side is complete burnt orange right down the middle and you got when we score it's up bro when texas scores it, it, it's insane man so yeah. that, that's one of the games where you know i remember my d-line coach i was talking about is any game you're gonna show up you know put your best stuff put your, your favorite move your best move if there's a game you want to give your best as you should on but that's the one that's Absolutely. the one we need yeah yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, those rivalry games, there's something about it where you get a little extra juice for those ones getting uh, getting ready to go for the games. But I got to ask, you mentioned the golden hat. Do they make the golden hat big enough to fit your head? <laughs> yeah, no, they do, yeah. <laughs> I got that D-line head, you know, that D-line uh, cranium, you know, but definitely it's big enough to fit anybody. But, again, man, I literally – this, this one game, and obviously a COVID, it was unfortunate. That's one game, even being a, obviously an official alumni, that's one game I would love to go back because, you know, I got a lot of young guys that, are, that did their thing. But, no, nah, definitely not going ahead. It's big enough. It's, yeah. it's big enough. And there's it, a lot of pride that goes into bringing that golden hat. And it's literally, it's like you winning the mini mini championship just, just for that hat. Just yeah. for that hat, man. I mean, you're wearing the golden hat around campus. Everybody knows who the man is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, 
again, we're talking about all this, and you obviously played for a very, very good coach at the University of Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of the impact that he left on not only you, but some of the players that you've come up with and you know, made it to the next level. What, what kind of impact did Lincoln have on you, and how did he prepare you and those guys to get to where you are? Um, you know, Coach, uh, Coach Riley, you know, I think the biggest – Thing that he had going from that he's just he's a player's coach you know he he's in relatively you know a young guy so he understands you know just kind of how to talk to players how to get you know get the best out of guys and although he was an offensive coach you know definitely did whatever he could to make guys feel at home I, I'll never forget it um I remember Oklahoma State I actually had got hurt I got a concussion and um my family actually came out to that game and you know we went out to eat afterwards and, you know, obviously checked to make sure I was good as a coach does on the field. But I think the, the biggest, the coolest thing was that he actually, he, he called me and he said, hey, you know, where you at? Are you feeling good? You know, yeah, coach, you know, I'm doing fine. And he asked where I was. I'm like, you know, I'm out with my fam, you know, getting, you know, eating dinner. And him and his wife, Mr. Riley, you know, they pulled up. Like they pull up, you know, to, you know, shake hands with my dad, my mom, my brothers, you know. And I, and I thought that was a very big deal because he, he did not have to do that, especially Again, if you're a head coach at the University of Oklahoma, I got to experience it firsthand, obviously, with Coach Stoops and obviously finishing out with Coach Riley. You're, you're treated like royalty. So I, I remember from the moment we walked in, you know, you shocked. My mom was shocked. Like, wow, I see you on TV and you're, you're here. And I'm talking everybody. It was everybody and, you know, their, their kids, everybody's coming. Mr. Riley, you know, Coach Riley, hey, can we take pictures? He's like, no, I'm just here to see my my guy. Yeah. And, even, even, you know, obviously, I know you didn't mention it, but apart from Coach Riley, my D-line coach, he, I want to say he made an ultimate impact in terms of helping become, you know, the football player that I am because, you know, my football IQ, just my knowledge of the game was, was very scarce, very, very little. And he took a, he took time to, you know, to groom me. And, you know, he, he, uh, he gave it to me really. It was, it was a love-hate relationship at first, but now. <laughs> That's my guy. I remember, like, I'll never forget it. From the moment when the football stuff started to click, it went from, you know, me kind of, you know, getting yelled at to let's actually talk football. And that's a great feeling. You know, it was – I went from not be, being scared to go to the office to, like, hey, coach, you got a little bit of time to the point. You probably got annoyed. Like, every time you got a little time, just like, yo, coach, let's watch this. How can I be better at this? Like, you know, he we were just always on the same page. And even now, I'm obviously – playing in the NFL, me and him talk and every other chance. And, you know, I owe a lot to that guy because he, he didn't have to take me under this wing. And, you know, um, he saw, he saw a lot of stuff in me that, you know, at the time I did not see in myself. And again, you know, it, it make, it makes sense now as to why he pushed me that hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just goes to show the difference between a good coach and a great coach. I, I mean, obviously the relationship that you still carry with him, you know, it's so resonating for, for, you know, even everybody listening to this, that it's, it's a huge impact that, that some of these guys could make. And, you know, even a small thing, like, you know, your story with, with coach Riley, you know, coming to see you with your family. And then, you know, obviously your, your, your positional coach, you know, you guys are going to butt heads every now and again, but at the end of the day, he's still going to, you know, show you and teach you the things that he needs to do to get you to be where you want to be. So, no, that's really so important. It's so important at any level, whether you're playing tight or whether you're playing in the NFL. Um, so again, let, let, let's go to the, to, you know, some of your teammates here, because obviously you've gone through a lot of very influential teammates during your time at the uh, university of Oklahoma, but right. I, I 
focusing on one positional group just because there's been so many guys running through there that have just made such an impact, not only in college, but now in the pros. And I'm talking about that quarterback group. So, yeah. So you get to see these guys all the time in practice. You're going up against some of the, you know, second and third string guys as a, as a first teamer that you are. But what's it like when you're watching these guys in practice? Like, do you see the greatness in them at practice and then seeing what they do on the field at game day? Does, does it match up? Absolutely. It's actually, it's funny because, you know, when you, you go up against these guys every day at practice, it's, it doesn't surprise you, you know, come game day. It doesn't surprise you, you know, how these guys are succeeding in the league. And I know you're probably, you're probably going to ask me this question, but I'm going to answer it anyways. If I had to choose, you know, which one's the best quarterback. Oh, no, I would that, never ask you that question. <laughs> I, I, I would literally, it's just because I've gotten that question asked, to me, it, it's so hard because, you know, they're all just different kind of players, but they're both just amazing. But, I mean, just, just seeing how those guys, you know, their their mindset, their mentality, you know, everybody has like a different story. Everybody has some adversity that they had to overcome. But, you know, those guys are winners and those guys love to compete. And I feel like I've gotten better at going against them. So it's like, okay, Every team that I've played, for the most part, is like, okay, I've, I've seen the best at practice. I, I've gone up against the top five offense <laughs> Monday through Friday. Yeah, You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, now what? Obviously, it was always enough to get to where we needed to be. You know, unfortunately, we wanted to get the, the, the national championship. But still, like, you know, from, from Baker to playing, you know, playing with and obviously competing against Baker – um, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, man, like I'm talking elite group of guys and you should see how they work. Um, yeah. Like I got, you know, quite a few, you know, quite a few stories, but especially Jalen Hurts. I feel like, you know, just because we both finished out the year together and I always tell the story. It's so funny that um, I remember, you know, Jalen Hurts, me and him, you know, got real close. Just kind of the same mindset, you know, guys that were hungry, wanted to, you know, be their best. And, you, you know, it wasn't about, it wasn't about, you know, the cloud or, you know, the fame. It's like, I just want to be a good football player. I just want to win games. I, I want to go all the way. And I literally, I think, I don't know if it was, not, I don't know if it was Memorial weekend or if it was July 4th, so, uh, some American holiday. And I kid you not, you know, I, I think it was I stepped out. It's just like a regular, like a, like a Tuesday or whatnot, you know, eight, you know, I remember I showered, got home pretty late. You know, it was just us. I think it was just a few of us back at the uh, – in Norman. A lot of guys that went home or whatever the case may have been. And it was – he called me at, like, 1.30. <laughs> no, we, he called me at 12. We chopped it up for, like, an hour, literally just talking, you know, the mindset, the mentality, you know, what we want to do for this season, how we get guys on board and, you know, trusting each other. And, you know, it's a D-line and a quarterback. You know, we play on two different sides on the ball. But, you know, the mindset was the same. You saw how I worked and you appreciated it. And I saw how he worked. And literally an hour and a half. And I'm, I'm in my bed. I'm showered up. Like, I'm, I'm about to, you know, call it quits. I was, was going to go work out, but in the morning, right? Yeah. But he's literally like, man, you know what? I don't know, man. I I'm up right now. I want to go get some work. I said, <laughs> it's, it's about 32 o'clock. I don't know if the gym's open. He's like, man, you know, I don't know. I just really want to go get some work. If, if I come, uh, not that I said if I come, he's like, uh, you know, man, if you want to, you know, if you want to go get some work, like, you know, I'm with it. He's like, all right, I'll pick you up in about five minutes. 
And me, I never shy away from the work. So I'm like, okay, like, yeah. And I got ready. You know, I popped straight up. Mind you, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, it's a long day. So I popped up, got my stuff. Cause I'm like, I, I, he's, I feel like he's actually going to come. Literally not, literally he calls me, hey, I'm outside. And it's literally, I'm wiping, you know, the crust on my eyes and I'm not even asleep yet. I'm just exhausted. And then he's like, let's just go up to the facility. You know, let's just go up to the facility. Or go up to you know the the indoor um, the indoor and let's hope you know somebody's there. If not, you know we'll we'll just go home. Ironically enough, it's wide open. Yeah, and then get into the weight room. And ironically enough, the late night custodian pulls up and he's I'm like, hey man, open the door. You know the, you know the two captains. You know oh you like, sure. And we literally worked out from like two to. Probably about 3.30, 4.30. He did his, you know, his quarterback stuff, like, you know, and I did my D-line stuff. And I'm like, I'm, and we had our music blasting, but now we was, we was working. Like, I, I remember, like, literally coming out there, like, man, I was drenched in sweat. Like, we was, we was getting after it. Yeah. And that's something that was, like, you know, a testimony, you know, a testament to his work ethic. Because, you know, a lot of people, they probably see, like, you know, hey, like, he, a guy, he'll throw for 500. Right after the game, he'll be in the weight room. Yeah. And no fluke. And you could tell because he'd be like, I'm like, dude, you literally threw for 500 yards. He's like, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't look like the game didn't look like I won. I'm like, bro, you, you literally <laughs> broke all these records. <laughs> like, you know, your first and last year OU, and you, you break, nah, I just don't feel right. So I'm like, you know, it, it's great seeing that. I got, you know, stories for Colin Murray and Baker, but that's just one that kind of yeah. hit home. But, you know, I got a chance to experience it. First, and I'm on the opposite side of the ball. So obviously that pushed me to, you know, to work hard myself. Of course. No, and, and that's such a great story too, because I mean, you know, finding like like-minded individuals when you're, you know, you're a hard worker and, and you just want to get after it and grind the way that you do, finding other guys that share that same mentality just drives you that much more and pushes you to limits that you never think you could get to. So right. um, you know, speaking of that, I mean, you've obviously accomplished a lot in your career and you know, there must have been a moment when you were, you know, standing somewhere at the University of Oklahoma where you finally said to yourself, you know what, I, I, I'm officially here. I made it. When, when was that moment? I would have to say my redshirt freshman year. Um, it was funny. We were playing ULM and this was like, I didn't, I wasn't starting it, but I was kind of in the rotation. And again, I was, a, I was a young pup, still, you know, was a high effort guy, you know, play, you know, my tail off. But again, you know, the playbook just wasn't clicking. The technique wasn't really clicking. So I was kind of like the guy, like, hey, like, what's the plan? Like, what is it? Like, you know, and I kid you not, coming off, you know, your rest share year, you know, you never get a chance to play. You know, the first, I think the first game we played Houston, we lost. I got, you know, I think I got a few snaps. Got a couple rushes in, coach. Like, okay, you know, this guy got, got a little something. And I, I literally we played ULM. It was a home game. Again, you know, ULM, they're D1 school, but obviously I don't think they're power, uh, power five. No. And kind of like, you know, our, our home, you know, kind of like, you know, warming us up and whatnot. And again, 85, 90,000, another sold out game. And again, I just fed off it, man. Like, I, I think I had, I led the team in tackles. You know, eight, I think eight tackles, about probably one or two TFLs and a sack fumble. 
And like, I was like, just hearing my name called, like just really, you know, fans going crazy. Like, you know, you getting the love from, you know, your teammates. It was like, okay, like this is, like, I love this. Like, I love this, this energy is everything is contagious. And obviously that first game, and it's funny cause it's not like we, we played like, you know, Texas or like, you know, TCU or, you know, we, we played Alabama, we, we played ULM and making those plays and just seeing how, you know, again, that, that energy is like, man, this is like, this is what this college football, <laughs> like, you know, ever since then, I'm like, man, I want to, and again, it wasn't even about the necessarily college. It was an atmosphere. It was just like, man, I want to see how far I can take this football stuff because yeah. I don't know why, but when I'm on this field running around full speed and just flying around and jumping up and down, making plays with my guys, it's fun. But even ironically enough, played a great game, but I graded out very bad. Get <laughs> that too. That Saturday after the game, you know, I went from being, you know, just a guy, you know, oh man, congrats! Like people coming up, I'm like, I don't even know you knew who I was. And then the next day, coach calls me in the office, and it went from, hey man, great job, you made all these stats, but you graded out of like 39, 40%. And I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, your technique was terrible. Like. You didn't run the calls properly. Like, I, he's like, it was funny because it's like, I've never seen anybody be as productive as you and not, you know, do what was asked. So I went from good job to, you know, a bashing fest. And I was like, oh, man, what's going on? Which, again, kind of shows you that. Now, imagine if I didn't understand the playbook and, you know, my technique was right. That probably would have been three sacks. That probably would have been... 12 tackles. I've probably been 14 of us, but still it was kind of like, okay, that's like a relationship with my coach. He always kept it real with me, but man, I'll say that game. We played ULM. That was one where I'm like, okay, this is the welcome to college that I've been waiting a year and a half for. Yeah. No, I actually, I remember that game. We, uh, you know, a couple of us were watching it and uh, obviously we knew that that was going to be your first game where you were going to be, you know, going in regularly and uh, I remember yeah. that. I remember that strip sack, man. I uh, I can actually picture it in my head. So it's uh, that's cool. But um, yeah, I, I mean, going to the film comment. I mean, film can either humble you or it can you know make you float on air. You know, it's uh, it, it's a great thing when you have a great game. There's nothing better than going into the film room the next day and, and watching yourself ball out. But the worst thing is when you know that there's a couple of snaps where you're like, oh, that's gonna look bad on film. And the first thing you think of is during the game, that's gonna look bad tomorrow. And uh, it, it takes you down a couple of pegs, but if you can get uh -huh. through that and get through the criticism, even with a game and a stat line like you had, I mean, obviously that just goes to show that you were meant for it. You know what I mean? You, you graded out, mm -hmm. you still had the game that you did. So that's, uh, that, that's great. You know, that, that's great. Um, okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll fast forward now. So you're going to the combine. You're going to go up against, you know, every of the top, D lineman in the country, you're competing for an NFL job now. You know this is your this is your job interview. Um, take us through that, and you know, kind of where you put yourself going into the combine, and where you put yourself coming out of the combine. You, you talking about like you know, when I was sponsoring like the forty time, just kind of like the whole like week, just the whole process, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I mean, this, this, you know, obviously fast forward from obviously fresh freshman year college to now I'm, I'm trying to 
get drafted, you know, or get taken off the board as fast as possible. My mindset is obviously different. Like now I'm locked in. Now I'm, this is the guy that's a little bit, you know, he's more confident in himself, but now it's like, this guy that has a lot to prove, you know, there's, you know, that's that, you know, there's still sleep on me mentality. So, you know, I'm, I'm and I was still kind of the, people knew about me, obviously they knew I'm like this big, you know, athletic guy that's throwing up all this weight and, you know, you know, it's this fat, this big, fast guy, like who is this guy, you know, as opposed to, now I'm going up against guys who been, you know, had first, second round grades since their freshman year. And like, who is this guy that came out of nowhere? Junior year looks like he just started to figure it out. And now senior year, this, you know, new scheme and stuff. And I starting to run all over the place. So, I mean, my mentality was just, you know, I got to get it. I got to get mine. I got to show that I deserve to be here just like these other guys. And, you know, the, it's funny. If I, I bet if I go back to Ottawa, guys, huge, you know, big, strong, which, you know, I am, but I'm still considered, like, you know, probably the shorter guys in the league, you know, and, and it was just funny going to the combine. I'm like, you know, I'm here for a reason. I know I'm going to dominate. I know the one thing that probably separates me that's to take pride in is that, you know, I'm a, I'm a 300 plus pound guy, but like, don't, don't kid, don't look at me when I'm walking down the street or, you know, when you see me eating, but when it comes time to work and when it comes time to run around, like, I can run, I can change direction, I can, I can, I can play fast. So that was kind of like my, 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 my thing going into it. But, you know, it was, I would say it was humbling, but really it was just kind of unique to see because, you know, obviously you look at guys, you're like, okay, I, I can see why this guy is, you know, that top five pick because, you know, he's got the stats, the skill set, but, you know, when you're, you're six, five, six, six, 16% body fat, you know what I mean? You're, you're 320 some pounds, six pack, you know, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm not that, but I got the tape to prove it. Then you got this guy, yeah. this guy got four years, but I mean, still at this time, I, I was very confident in myself and I, and I was still like, okay, I got a lot, a lot to prove, but, and I think the thing that was even cool about that whole experience, I feel like I surprised a lot of people, but Again, I was just about me, you know, proving myself right. But again, it, it was cool because a lot of I, was, I still, for a little point in time, you know, great, you know, good players, great, good players. They respect each other. So, you know, some guys knew about me. Obviously, the top rated guys, like, okay, you know, this guy, you know, the Bamas, you know, the guys who got the, you know, the rings at LSU, it's like, okay, where are you from? Oklahoma, Canadian kid. And that, it kind of humbled me again. I was like, you're from Canada? Really? Like, they got football up there. It's like, okay, here we go. This is kind of reminds me of when I first started going over the border, uh, you know, to go to these little, these camps and stuff. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's part two all over again. So, you know, I kind of had like a dog mentality where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you can play, you can play. So, it was kind of funny because when we started doing the combine stuff, we started doing the drills, and we were like, yo, who, like, who is this guy? Like, where'd he come from? I didn't know you were moving like that. I hit the 485 or 479, and my mom, I tried to hit that little 47. Everyone's like, yo, <laughs> who is this big man? Big guy should be running that fast. <laughs> yeah, but if you know me, you know, like, okay, I've always been a big guy even when I was younger. I was always the, the fat kid that, for some reason, his feet just move a little fast. Like, he moved a little faster than expected. So well, I remember, I when, you played, just, I remember just, when you played running back and, and seeing how fast you were when you were running back. So that, I got to <laughs> say, the 40 time did not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
but uh yeah and i mean that's it's, it's kind of a unique experience when you go to a comic because again you know you're you're thinking like you know i'm i'm the man in oklahoma you know everybody knows who neville gallimar is at oklahoma you go to the combine and they've got 40 other guys who are the neville gallimars of their school right so yeah know, that, that's or, or big or big or bigger because yeah. they've been yeah no, but, but I mean, you know, you're obviously selling yourself a little bit short. I, I know you're a humble guy and you don't like to toot your own horn and everything, but, you know, you're coming from a power five school. You just came off of, you know, the college football playoff. You're, you're starting D lineman for, you know, three years that, that, that you were starting full time. So, you know, obviously you've got a lot of clout behind you, but, you know, after the combine, after you tested so well with your bench, your vert, your, your complete workout, and obviously interviewing with all the teams you worked out, how did you feel coming out of that? You know, did, did you feel like you left anything on the table or did you feel like you gave everything you could and you put yourself in the best position possible? Ultimately, you know, I feel like I gave it everything I got, man. I feel like, you know, whatever was asked of me, I did. Obviously, the one thing I wasn't too, uh, um, I wasn't satisfied at all, but the one thing I wish I, if I could, I probably would have my, um, I want to say my 510 father, my country, not making up excuses. I wish I would have done that at the pro day and not just, you know, to take the score or the time I had there. Cause I mean, no excuses, but you know, I, whatever reason, I didn't have my, my right cleats. And, you know, it was kind of like, Hey, you don't have to do it, but it's like, you know, you should just do it. And it's like, okay, I kind of, the mindset wasn't, wasn't right. I should have taken, you know, the time that I had to, you know, get right. But no, I, I feel like I left it all on the table. You know, I feel like, again, I impressed a lot of people. It was kind of, I think the, the interesting about me was kind of like, more so like, why did it take so long for it to click? But, but the upside was like, man, he's just now scratching the surface, which I feel like now I'm, I'm still, every day I'm trying to tap into being that best, you know, the best football player, that best d because, you know, interesting about it, I've seen a lot of guys that obviously, you know, they, they definitely – they did everything they could and, you know, gifted athletes that, you know, that got that, that payout, you know, that first round grade and, you know, that first round, you know, get drafted the first round. And it's like a lot of guys, I feel like they hit their peaks, which is great. Their peaks can be again, like, greatest thing. But I feel like for me, what I have going is that I still have something that I can tap into. Whereas like, you know, once I, I know once I get there, I know I won't be able to, you know, be stopped. So again, until then I was kind of in my head down. So that's kind of what, the mentalities and you know as a guy I know everybody's going through whether everybody who's got drafted or anybody's gotten drafted you got to go into the mindset I'm the best player I'm the best in our position so just like for me I went third round I obviously felt like I deserved to be drafted earlier I know you probably guys about the whole you know even that getting uh how was it like that but yeah so I know for a guy who went on draft he's like man I should at least got drafted the guy who got drafted first round Top 25 and his mindset, man, I should, they told me I'm supposed to go top three. So either way, it's like whatever, you know, whatever, make everything, anything that you had that makes you hungry. So that's kind of my thing. Okay, I went third round, still blessed, still was able to do a lot for my family, take care of myself. But it's like, you know, I still got a lot to prove. Well, just remember that the second contract's the biggest contract. So, you know, you're... <laughs> so and again, I, I, I could not agree with you more. I mean, you you have yourself in such a good situation that where not only you went to a good team out of the draft, 
but you put yourself in a situation because you're you know, the word I, I always use for you is versatile because I would yeah. be confident as a coach putting you in a four, three, I would be confident using you in a three, four. And that's where the, you know, position specific players fall and they fail whenever they're in the league, because if I'm a four, three defensive end, and all of a sudden we transition to a three, four, I can't cover out, you know, out in space. Well, I'm a positional rusher now, so I'm only a one down player. So now my right. value's gone down by 66%. Whereas with right. you, it's like, you know, I can play you at a zero technique. I can play you at a one or three, or I can play you as a, you know, as a five technique in a three, four as a, as a rush end. So, you know, there's really no ceiling to where you can go. And that's the most exciting part. I think, you know, you even talking about, it, I see the smile on your face. Cause like, you know <laughs> how good you can be and you know that you're going to get there eventually. So, so that's great, man. Um, so obviously we're, you know, we're, uh, we're hitting the, the half hour mark here. So we'll, we'll get you out of here with one last question, but you know, as you kind of evaluate your entire career to where it is, you know, you come from Ottawa, you go to Oklahoma, now you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, what's the one thing that you can tell any young football player that's listening to this? How can they get to that level and what do they need to do to put themselves in the, in the same shoes as Neville Gallimore put himself in? You know, first off, you know, obviously, and I'm not saying about to believe in the, you know, the faith that I believe in, but, you know, obviously you know, that, that faith having that, you know, staying grounded, but ultimately, man, betting on yourself. And if you have a dream or you have a goal or have aspirations, understand, you know, the world doesn't owe you anything. So you got to go earn it by any means. You, The one thing, you know, just, I just remember that I kind of had a conversation myself in the eighth grade, of, you know, and I was I used to play basketball too, but I was like, man, <clears throat> all my thing was, was, I just want to see how good of a football player I could become. And I wanted to get school paid for. And I just wanted a chance to, you know, to, to travel a little bit, you know, cause my, I come from a hard work at home, but you know, just in terms of being able to travel, I just wanted to experience what it's like to, you know, to play football at the highest level, whatever that level may be, whether it's even, even if, 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 if it was destined for me to play CIS, I would accept it. If I've given everything I've got, whether CIS, CFL, and if I was like, I just want to see how good I could be. And I just want to get school paid for. I just want to make it so that my parents don't have to worry about putting me through school. But it's your mentality, man. And always finding ways to work and enjoying the process. And even the days when you don't feel like going in for work, even those days where, you know, I don't feel like going harder today. Go even harder. Because I, I remember just even the whole process is just not, it wasn't even rather trying to get recruited. It's just, I was just grinding for an opportunity, you know? And what I tell, like I try and tell as much auto kids as possible. Like, man, we live in a, we live in, we're from a city where your backs are already naturally going to be against the wall. You know, like the, the funding, the, like they don't, I don't know how it is now, but back then I know they weren't giving out full, full scholarships and you got to understand it's not about just being great in your city. You gotta be, you gotta, you know, if you're that good, it's not somebody's gonna come and find you. Now it's kind of getting to that point, but if you're that good, you gotta go find ways to separate yourself, you know? And that means not everybody's gonna give you anything. Not everybody 
it's not like you asking again. You're going to literally have to dial in, lock in, keep that same mentality and find and always find ways to get your work. And the only thing that was good for me is that I had two older brothers that kind of set the tone. Well, my parents set the tone. My two older brothers that set the tone. So it was kind of like not saying this was supposed to happen, but it was kind of my mentality. If I'm doing everything right, everything, you know, is supposed to take care of itself. So the position I'm in, obviously I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to do everything I could, but it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been upset knowing that I gave it everything I had. And the one thing that I'll say, the worst thing you can do, anything, I'm sure you heard it before, is that pain, you know, that feeling of regret. And I've seen that. There's so many, there's so many guys. I remember even growing up in, in Ottawa, I'm like, yo, I'm like, this guy was better than me. At that point in time, at least his understanding and knowledge of what it is to be a D lineman, he understood. But the only difference is, I was never satisfied. If somebody tells me I'm doing a great job, th thank you, appreciate it. If my coach is telling me I'm doing a great job, it's not like, okay, settle down. It's like, okay, at least whatever he's asking me to do, I'm, it looks like I'm, I'm getting the message, but how do we enhance it? I, I never settled. I was never a guy, I take a compliment as the same way I, look, uh, you know, I take disrespect. It's like, okay, I, I still got a job. I still got to prove myself. If I'm not... You could tell me it's a great rep. You could tell me it's a great move. If I don't feel conf if I don't feel like it's a great move, I'm gonna keep finding a way till I feel like it's right. So that's kind of always been my mentality. And you know, unfortunately, about the COVID stuff, I I, I wish uh, you know my plan. Obviously, I wish I could you know do the camps I want to do. I really go talk to a lot of the kids back in Ottawa because I know there's a few kids, quite a few that, you know, were in my position that, you know, just need to hear from me because, I, like I said, I wasn't no brainiac. I didn't have a 4.0 coming out of high school. I just, a good kid, but my, my hustle, man, like what it took for me to get here. A lot of people, you know, think like, man, Nev, you're a big dude. You know, you've been good. I'm like, people don't really know what I really had to go through. You know, even going through Canada prep, like the whole process. A lot of my guys who played with me at Canada prep and, you know, who really close me, they really know. They, they, they understand. And even then, there's a lot of stuff I had to do, you know, alone to, to separate. Like, the offers, that interest did not come by really just, you know, me playing at prep school. I had to send out, I remember I sent out a whole bunch of emails. I probably sent out thousands and thousands of emails. I got a, I went through all the football conferences. I started with, you know, the D1AA, or D2s, Z1AA's. And I think I still have a list if I find it up and run up. My old, my, my friends from high school, he actually helped me create this email that he did. But it's like, you know, this kind of like this automated or this pre-made email that I could set up and I would go through all the coaches directly. I'd go through school, workout, practice, and just like how I'm talking to you right now, I'd be on my laptop, <laughs> copy, sending out emails, calling. You know, I was able to, you know, obviously I'm very well spoken. So I was able to have conversations with grown men and literally all I would do is send out email, hey coach, I got interest. He, she taught me how to go about that conversation in terms of that. But guys just think I just played football and went to these camps. I didn't even go to these camps until, or those, you know, those, you know, the NFTC, the rivals camps of coaches like, hey, you got to go to these camps. You're a kid from camp. They still, they see the film. They know you're playing against, you know, you're playing against their competition. But they don't, they need to see you. They don't know if you're actually 6'2", 
you know, they don't know if we're actually six two two six. You got to go to these camps. So, but there's there's so much stuff, man. I like, and when I try to tell guys, it's unfortunate. They think, man, I'm just trying to do that. I sent a couple emails. Like, no, I, I probably sent over the course of the time when I started generating interest, really up until I got my offer. I, I probably want to say I'm sending out probably maybe just under a hundred, just about a hundred emails a day, just casually. Casually, like I just, routine. yeah, yeah, I just it was just something I did, and it was fun. It's like you know, you, it's like you know, somebody put sends you like ten dollars. It's like you get you know email back like, hey, we, we saw your we saw your email. We're gonna look at your film. We're like, oh, that's interesting, cool. Like just it was just fun getting feedback from whether it was, I don't know, like Sacred Heart University or you know Drake University, whatever, and then you know. I didn't really start uh, hitting up the Power Five schools to like last. And it was kind of like, I mean, why not? I went through all the other conferences already. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me now start emailing my favorite schools that I, you know, I just watched. Whether they hit me up is fine, but if I go to Sacred Heart U and they pay, give me a full scholarship, that's great too. And it just worked out, you know. God had plans, and I was able to, you know, choose a school of my dreams. So that was cool. Yeah. Well, honestly, couldn't be any more happy for you than uh, than we are. And um, you've got such a great future ahead of you, even though you've accomplished so much in your young life already. And um, I, I mean, you know, thank you again for taking the time to, to talk about, you know, your your time at Oklahoma, your time, you know, in the NFL and and really giving that motivational message for maybe somebody who who needs it at this point, you know, coming through the, the same situation that you were coming through. But uh Neville, all the best to you going forward, my man. And uh, even though I was raised to not cheer for the Dallas Cowboys, I, I definitely have the Cowboys games on every weekend, trying to trying to see you make some plays every week. So um, thank you. Keep grinding, man. And uh, we'll definitely see you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. This was fun. Well, we'll do it again when uh, when you got some more uh, more time and maybe after you win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right. All the best, man.